Welcome to the Author's Podcast with Lisa Newton. Writing a book is a dream for many people, and in today's society, it has become easier and more important than ever. If you are an expert, speaker, coach, or an authority in your field, having a book is the new business card. It can increase your credibility, enhance your status, and make you the go-to person in your field. Opening doors and bringing a flood of opportunities straight to you. You can increase your fees and start choosing the clients you really want to work with. The Author's Podcast Show with Lisa Newton is designed to inspire, educate and inform you, both entrepreneur and individual, on how to write a book, as well as writer's tips and strategies on how to actually get that book written. On today's show, you learn more about how to write a book, including writing ideas, marketing, and how to succeed in getting a book written. Here we go with the author's podcast, and here is your host, Lisa Newton. Hello and welcome to another episode of the author's podcast. Today, my guest is called Stephen Gomez, but he goes by the name of Pub King. The name of the book is Pabulum, which means food or nourishment, intellectual in nature. He is a man that loves life, nature, science, questions, daydreaming, just to name a few. He loves different perspectives, no matter the view. And his journey started as an inquisitive child asking questions how fortunate he was to have parents that didn't discourage questions. So in the book, Pabulum, it's about a restaurant where you're served by a fat owl waiter and some meals are bitter and some are sweet. But the most important thing is that when you finish reading the book, you feel nourished and satisfied with your meal. The question to the reader really is, what kind of stomach do you have for daydreaming, love, reality, war and religion? So on the line now, I should have Pap King. Hello. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> so I'm amazed actually with the with the whole accent. You know, I'm in New York, so I you know I love the accent. Uh, so I'm just amazed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll try and speak slowly for you because I know that you know an English accent isn't something that you'd be used to necessarily, but out here in in Britain, we're very used to listening to Americans because we we have a lot of American TV and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So so let's start off then. Let me ask you because what I initially wanted to know is where, how did you get the the nickname or why how and why have you come to go by the name of Pub King? Where did, what's the story behind that? Well, thanks for having me once again. I basically cut Pabulum off quite simply. And um, I abbreviated Pab and King because to me, I am the Pabulum King because, you know, basically I look at it like I, or my own personal view, I just am the king at feeding people and with knowledge and doing things like that. I've just been doing it so long, man. I've been uh, reading and pretty much um, giving food for thought, if you will, since I was about 14 years old. So I'll be, I'm showing my age now, but I'll be 40 another week so oh my gosh when when is your birthday 
My birthday is June 14th. Okay, all right. Three days um, after mine. When you said next week, I thought, well, gosh, yeah, we've got the same birthday, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. By the way, that's uh, I don't know how many people, how many of your listeners want to know, but that's actually Trump's birthday as well. So. <laughs> 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 so, you know, there, there's that, you know. <laughs> Okay. And that's, just, that's in a nutshell, that's where the name, you know, pretty much came from, you know. And and does the word pabulum, does it mean anything in any language? Pabulum. It's called pabulum, but in Britain, it's probably called what you're saying. <laughs> but um, uh, I think in Latin, it's called pablum. Like, there's no you, it's just pablum. I actually found out for that one day, I was, you know, picking my son up from school. And um, I was talking to the secretary about my work, and she said she would, you know, um, check it out. And I told her the name, and she said, oh, man, they used to call that baby food in the 50s. And I, like, jumped for joy because that was unbelievable. I didn't even know that. And um, when you look up the term pablum, that's what it is, baby food. And so being that I'm, uh, I look like I'm feeding people, and I pride myself in taking the complicated and making it simple or as taking a hard, rough meal, putting it in a blender, and pureeing it, right? So even someone with no teeth can ingest it, right? <laughs> and I always cling to the simple because to me, life is simple. You know, you find somebody trying to complicate things. They're trying to either get something from you or take advantage of you in some way, really, because most of life is the, the essential parts that we need are very simple, you know? Right. So that's what that is. So in Latin, it means baby food, pablum. Right. So in the book, pablum is a restaurant where you're served by a fat, owl waiter and i'm assuming that uh, the reason why it's an owl is because it's wise that's the connection Wise also they're seen in many cultures and many different time periods as the seers remember they see in the dark mm-hmm. um they can turn around and look behind them mm-hmm. you know so they, they they definitely signify knowledge they signify awareness sight you know mm-hmm. so and he's he's, he's fat because he just you know he likes to eat, you know, that, that that represents me. I can't get enough of it. And, um, you know, even even certain cultures, even even certain um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not wise men from like India. They call mm-hmm. them like mystics. Yeah. And stuff like that. You know, certain certain Buddhist um, sort of uh, religion or ideologies. I mean, they just really look at you in some ways as just like a a human being as like somewhat just a pile of food, right? Mm. Because, right, you are what you eat and you, when you eat food, it doesn't mystically disappear. It becomes you, right? Mm. So, you know, I'm somebody that's 40, so I'm an accumulation of 40 meals, you know, (laughs) 40 years worth of meals, you know what I mean? Mm. So I just love the connection between the two. Mm. But yeah, he's very fat and he doesn't care, you know, he doesn't care who judges him, you know. He's actually on the front. He's actually on the front of the book. <laughs> <laughs> so you get to see him throughout the book. Every chapter he's there, you know. Mm. And and what sort of format is it? Is he telling stories in kind of parables? Like what's the sort of layout of the book? The layout of the book, um, my actual table of contents is actually a menu, right? Mm. And uh, it's a menu and everything you read has its own caloric intake. Right. So you get more of the the more sort of raw truth stuff, 
you know, that would be more bitter, like vegetables. You know, the love stuff, the real sweet stuff, that would be more, that's more high calories, like ice cream and things like that, you know? <laughs> you know, people can't get enough of that stuff, you know what I mean? Every chapter has a break, where I call it pabulum. Uh, it would be technically called poetry, right? Mm -hmm. Technically. But then I'm going to read technically, <laughs> if I can say that, <laughs> tell you that I don't consider it poetry. I just have to, you know, put it there. Like, I don't have any sonnets, any, you know, stuff like that. I don't mm -hmm. follow any rules, okay? I just, <laughs> what I have is called pabulum, right? Now, I kind of look at myself as the bisquat of this type of writing. You know, mm -hmm. hopefully I don't have to die first for it to become a thing, but <laughs> so, <laughs> so my editor actually told me that I was very, um, what, what's the word she used? And she sounds like you a little bit because she's from Australia. Oh. Okay. <laughs> and, and I, I, you know, so I was like, wow, she sounds like, uh, you know, but, um, she said I was economical with my words and I did it in such a way where I can tell you something simple, but you know, some things, uh, uh, it's like I'm not dumbing it down just because I'm making it simple, right? It can be something very intricate and, 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 and challenging for the mind, but it can be very simple where you at least know what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to go too crazy, you know, or, you know, show off with some language and words. And, you know, I, every writer paints it a little bit, but I don't paint it too much. You know, I want people to come away with, you know, what I'm trying to say. So I have the entries. Uh, uh, after every chapter, there's a, um, actually a chapter called Pabulum, which is nice little one-liners and things like that that you can really, you know, sink your teeth into really quick. It's just it's just something to kind of break it up. You know, some of it gets a little heavy when I get around war, when I get around reality. You know, some things, those are chapters in my book. They get a little heavy, you know, so I kind of put something in there to kind of lighten it up a little bit, so to speak. You know what I mean? You, you Toward the back of the book is... Yeah. Go ahead. Now, I was going to say, you have a lot of references to food. Like, <laughs> Yes. 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 I mean, you know, that's it. You know, that's that's really what it is. And that's really what I consider it, you know. And it's a beautiful thing to feed the mind. You have to feed the soul. You have to feed the mind, right? Before you put anything to your mouth, it's like a trilogy, right? The mind, the spirit, the body, right? And so... You got to feed the soul. You got to feed the mind. Food helps some of that, but it has to go in that in that in that order, in that fashion. You need the fuel, right? You need the fuel to deal with the day to day. You know, deal with the stuff that you the, the stuff you talk to yourself about that you know you haven't talked to anyone about. If you don't talk to no one about it, you have to fix it within yourself. So everything goes back to you. So it's a great it's a great way to look at things in more of a simplistic view, as you know, as I do, and just you can just get the nourishment you know, get the nutrients you need because you got to feed different things, right? So over here, you have to deal with friends that you thought were friends, a lover that you thought loved you, right? <laughs> you have to deal with, you know, heartache and all types of things. And you kind of need different energies to feed each one, you know? And who would you say your, your book is aimed at? Because there's some big themes there that you've mentioned, and I suppose they could be present at any stage or any point of your life. So who would you say is, is the target reader? This is one of the biggest issues that I had, right? Because when I first wanted to write a book, I, I, I almost called, titled it Bible with lowercase b's, right? 
And I thought, well, maybe that might be too controversial because then people might just be like throwing rocks at me, right? <laughs> so <laughs> I, said, <laughs> I said, all right, let me kind of ease it up a little bit. And I came with my other title. So um, um, my, my, my um, main thing, you asking me like, where, like, who do I focus my book after? Like, have I read anything that makes me... Yeah, who, no, who who do you, like, I don't know, some, for some people, like, as they're writing, or even at the end, who would you say is your target audience? Like, male, female, young, old? Okay. It's just, like I said earlier, that's very tough for me because I really wanted to reach everyone. And that's why I almost named it Bible, right? Mm-hmm. But as far as marketing is concerned and things like that, they now, you know, you have to target specific people. So... Mm-hmm. I guess I would target those, not necessarily age group. I've had folks read my book that were 20, 21. They get it. You know, I've had folks read my book at 50, and they're upset with me. <laughs> and, uh, so it can, it can go, you know, it can, it can go either way. I would say my book is for not necessarily an age group, but my book is for folks that have gone through things in their lives, been challenged at various points in their life, and are looking for certain things right so it's like when you want something to eat you don't always know exactly what you want to eat right you're trying to match up how you feel with what you want to eat <laughs> right mm-hmm. sometimes if you really rush to eat something you ever eat something and be like you know that was good but i really didn't want that you know what i mean mm-hmm. so you, you got the food that didn't match your emotion right so with me i matching the emotions of the reader, not necessarily the age, right? So if you have an emotion, right, that needs to be met or soothed or rubbed, right, or you need to turn the light on and kind of bring it to light, this book is for you. I did it in such a manner where I could actually touch people on different spectrums, right, that has, you have, in other words, you have to relate to something. If you can't relate to anything in this book, then make the reservations because you don't have a pulse. Okay. <laughs> it's impossible. Set it up. Tell mom, tell pops, you know, it's over. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I I connect, I connect it to the emotions of the reader. That's what I want from you, right? You know, the nightmare in my book is if someone would actually read my book and you would ask them, what'd you think about it? And they'll go, like that's a nightmare. Like that, that's that that can't happen. Like what? You sure? You know because you know the chapters in my book are daydreaming, reality, love, war, pray, right? And just in those topics alone, that's 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 going to really get you. Everyone daydreams. Reality is subjective. Everyone has that or their impression of it or their their, their mode of it or whatever they can deal with, right? Love. Uh, I ain't got to say nothing else, right? <laughs> you got, we got war, you got pray, you know, the collection plate coming around, you throwing some sense in there. You know, everybody does it. Everybody does it. So I guess I'm after the emotions of the reader. That's my target. If you have those emotions, if you have those feelings and those questions, then I'm here for you. You were listening to the Authors Podcast with me, your host, Lisa Newton. You can email me, lisa at lisanewton.co.uk. And remember, we have the Inner Circle, which is for writers just like you. And you can join us at writerbook.net.
just tuning in, I am talking to Pub King, who is the author of Pabulum, which is a restaurant whereby the menu is uh, a variety of uh, different topics. So there's a lot of an analogy to food. So, so, fucking, so, no, I'm, I'm fascinated by this, honestly. Like, like, were you ever a chef, like, or do you just like eating? Like, what is it about food? Well, I have a little belly, you know, but I don't <laughs> want people to judge me for that. <laughs> you know, my, you know, my folks, you know, my folks, on my, you know, my mother's side is from the South and they do some cooking. And I, I blame my mother for my little love handles and I blame her every day, actually. It did. <laughs> you know, my father's side, even. Cape Verde, which is in like, you know, um, near West Africa, right? yes, near Senegal. And um, I just always looked at it like, listen, the best thing to do is give somebody something to eat, right? Like physically, like what, like what better can you do physically? Like for maybe the next, the next thing best to feed them is give somebody a hug, right? Like it's, it's like, you know, it's a social thing. People meet up, people go over business. Hey, let's talk over some here. Let's talk over dinner. Let's talk over, you know. So I think I, I think I always just, just associated bringing all of this food with bringing in all this knowledge. See, I grew up real quick. I grew up in an era in the '80s in Brooklyn, right? Um, it was a, it was a happy face. If you put a happy face and a sad face on somebody, that was kind of that time, because <laughs> right? you know. It was a lot of love. Everybody knew each other, but it was like the height of the drug game, right, in New York. And so one thing that you knew was that it was like, they used to call it building, right? Where men would read books and they would come together. They'd talk about it and they'll fight information and they'll just challenge each other all day with just, just knowledge. And you see these ciphers, they'll be in a circle or they just be talking about what they read, what this person interprets. It's like a super male book club sort of thing, right? And they would like roll up on people and be like, you read that book? And you'd be like, yeah. What does it say on page 22? <laughs> <laughs> and unfortunately, they took it so serious that sometimes if you didn't know what was on page 22, they would beat you up, right? So I said, wow, man, that, they took that kind of serious, you know? So as I got older, I just started um, just to... Just, just loving to acquire right knowledge and things like that and 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 so you know it was just it was just a thing for me where I just wanted to like just read everything you know I, I didn't always like to read though school almost finished me with that because you know <laughs> you know you, you you know when you read in so much of something that you really don't care for it sort of divides your emotions from your actions so okay, I have to do it. I don't care about why I'm doing it and I don't want to, but you have to. So it kind of breaks, you know, it kind of breaks that normal occurrence you would have to have your emotions in line with your actions, right? Because then you can really put your heart into it, you know? So what type of books um, did you like to read or do you like reading now? I read, I'm a history buff, okay? Mm -hmm. That's my thing. Now, there are certain different types of history, right? There's certain uh, histories that other people make up and call it history, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I kind of go into uh, history from that. So let me give you an example how crazy I was, right? Um, <laughs> so when we graduated high school, my friends went to uh, dancer, like, you know, where the women dance and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And they could kind of have less clothes on than other women may have, you know what I mean? <laughs> so 
<laughs> so that's not my thing, right? That's not my thing at all. Even to this day, it's like I'd rather do something else, right? So they all went out to do that, and I went home and read like this 400-page book on um, the Moorish presence in Spain, fourth and fifth mm-hmm. century, right? Now you know I'm crazy, right? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's basically history. Anything, anything with history or history tech or creation, religion, history, stuff like that. Okay, that's interesting. So, Moorish, um, Moorish history of, of Spain. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. Very great. There's, the book was probably published in maybe eighteen hundreds to the nineteen because the way it was, it was tough to read, you know. Um, mm. um, but uh, you know, let's hope. So. Stuff like that doesn't go away, you know. I mean, you know, you always want to have something to compare things to, right? You know, but mm-hmm. when you start getting one thing, then I'm big on that. Like, I drove all my teachers crazy, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> I like raised my hand, you know, like, you know, not like, like, I'm it's like, you know, they expected most kids not to even be a part of it. But you say one thing, and I'm like, wait a minute, you know, so. And I'll be raised my hand, raise my hand. And then they say, Steve, you know what? Class, she's like, I know you got a lot of questions, but you know, you just write them down and you can mail it, send them to me. You kids try to learn it, but you wrote it. So you were the inquisitive child. I was you, the yeah. super, I was super see the thing with me, I didn't just ask questions like, why does the car only have four tires? I I I need to I need to clarify that. I'm asking questions like Mommy, you know, how can two people populate a whole planet? You understand what I'm saying? I'm asking serious, <laughs> I'm asking serious, serious questions where, especially in that time, right? You know, my, my, my nana come in or, you know, my aunt come in and start throwing holy water on me, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> I, <laughs> so I'm asking questions to get me judged and get my parents judged. Wait, what are you teaching the boy at home? You know, so. You know, I was very inquisitive. My mother was like, just ask away. If I don't know it, I'm going to tell you. If I know it, I'm going to try my best. And um, my dad was just like, I don't care. You know, like, what, what the hell you asking me for? You know, <laughs> but, you know but they didn't discourage you. Like, they never said, yo, you know, stop that. You know, you should stop asking questions like that because people might, you know, they never judged me for doing it. And like I put in there, I love questions. Question marks can save the world, right? The question mark, right, may, may be the most powerful symbol because, like, the answer can't even appear unless there's that mark, right? I know I'm going a little far out here, but if there's no question mark, there's no answer. You are listening to the Authors Podcast with Lisa Newton. Please do subscribe to, like, and share this channel. So if you're just tuning in, I'm talking to Pub King, who has written the book, Pabulum. And we're talking about, about questions. So are there any questions at the moment, Pub King, that you're, you've been asking yourself? Any soul-searching questions? Or are you still as inquisitive now as you were back then? Oh, like a child. You know, it's almost scary, you know, the questions I asked. And but you know what? It keeps you, um, another, another beautiful thing questions do is they offer purpose, right? So 
the more you have, the more it puts something in the body where you just have to go find, right? You know, seeking yourself fine. Now you got to get up. Your legs start moving. You start feeling good and you start going towards your questions, right? Mm. And, and so it's a catch though, right? Because mm. I've also had to deal with a lot by following these questions. And, you know, the questions and the truth are really crazy because, and they kind of go hand in hand if you're asking the right questions because, okay, you got the questions. Can you deal with the answer? I have questions that I've asked and I'm like, I really didn't want to know that. <laughs> you know? I really didn't want to know that stuff, but I know it now. So I can't unknow it, you know? So it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a catch though. You have to be willing. You have to have an open heart and you have to really be willing to be serious about finding the question, right? Not a, you know, not a question that, you know, you kind of just throw out there like a, like a question that, the good stuff, you know, like mm. question I always want to know, who am I, right? Why am I here? Okay. What was I put here to do? Right. And those are the kinds of questions that will save life. Yeah. And if, if you found the answer to that, do you know why? That's, that's almost like your life's purpose, isn't it? Like, why, why am I here? Like, let me put it this way, right? It's the question no one else can answer. That's the, you know, that's the bulk of it. Yeah, I can't ask. I can't ask you. Hey, Miss Newton. Hey, Lisa. Hey, why am I here? Now, technically, you could be like, okay, you're the repairman, and my washing machine ain't working. That's why you're here. <laughs> Fix it and get out. You know what I'm saying? That's a little easy. <laughs> so you don't want to deal with that. You know, you come over. Why do you think you're here? But why am I here? Only you can answer that. What am I here to do? Only you can answer that, right? So everything I do, everything I write, be summed up in the personal experience, right? Of nature, right? Because every line has a purpose, right? Every animal, every insect, you never find an insect wandering around doing nothing with nothing to do, right? It's always even, no matter how small, right? I think people have figured out how how little a bacteria is and, uh, and the effects it can have on your life <laughs> if it's not, if it's, a, if it's a bad guy, right? So no matter the size, everything has a purpose. So it's yours, right? And what I definitely want to let everybody know is I wrote Pab King, saw himself, I wrote Pabulum because quite simply, I'm a pest, <laughs> okay? When I was a kid, I used to walk around bothering people. I walk around tickling people, poking people, right? And they used to say, Steve, get out of here. I used to just bother people when I was a kid. <laughs> and I remember uh, Michael Jackson showing my age again, but Michael Jackson came out with Thriller. I was like five years old, and I thought that was the scariest thing ever. Man, I had this super scary tree back there, and I was like, close the door, close the windows, get me out of here. You know what I mean? I just, I just saw a hand coming up through the soil, and I just knew they were coming to get me. You know what I mean? But I combined that from what I knew when I was in my 20s and I said, damn, you know, I said, what if, what if the, what if the walking dead is not about the dead that came back to life? What if it's about the alive that are really actually dead, right? Emotionally, spiritually, right? So I said, you know what? Let me poke some people, right? So my book is meant to poke, hey, wake up. You know, you figure if somebody's, you want to get somebody's attention, you tap them on the leg, you tap them on the shoulder. 
H, you're alive. Right? H, you have a purpose. Right? Okay. I don't know what it is, but I'm just saying that's what it's for. So they're going to read certain things if they want to, if they want to get it. They will read certain things and they will put the book down and kind of look up into the sky and say, you know? And that's everything for me. Like if I get one person to do that, that's that's my job all day long. Excellent. You were listening to the Authors Podcast with me, your host, Lisa Newton. You can email me, lisa at lisanewton.co.uk. And remember, we have the Inner Circle, which is for writers just like you. And you can join us at writerbook.net. So on that note, you've you've given me food for thought, Steve. So, uh, <laughs> King, thank you very much for that. Um, you sound very philosophical. It's... Um, yeah, so uh, I have to look into that. Where can uh, the listeners uh, get a hold of your book? Okay, um, they can go to authorhouse.com, which is actually my publisher. I'm self-published, by the way. Okay. Um, I'm a Gemini. I'm all over the place. So if anybody change anything, they can have it. Okay. <laughs> I always said it. I was always scared about that. Hey, we don't like this out. We don't like this. Take this off the cover. Da, 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 da. Listen, man, leave me alone. All right? <laughs> leave me alone. Okay? Because that's the way I am. I don't know. So you can get it at authorhouse.com. Authorhouse.com. Or you can get it on Amazon. And um, it's, uh, you can't miss it. It's, um, it's a fat owl and a waiter's. <laughs> costume outfit and people are reaching for that food reaching for that knowledge and he has a tray of books on the front okay. um uh, uh, uh but if i can add something uh, of course you got stuff to do and i'm bothering you but now nah, let me stop <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just i just i just want to put it out there like you know if you got something you know that people like really want to get out and they want to make that impression and I didn't know I wanted to write a book until somebody read it and told me, the lovely mother of my child. She said, hey, you know, you should write a book. And I thought she was crazy. And um, she said, hey, all you need is 100 pages, man. Get you a cover, get you this, get you that. And I uh, started thinking. I said, you know what? I think I can do that. Because uh, up until that point, I was scatterbrained. Once, once again, I'm a Gemini. I got several things going on at one time. I got... <laughs> I'm helping problems. I'm, I'm, I'm ironing my pants and I'm making grilled cheese all day. That's, you know, it's just, you got every, you, you have every, you have everything going on, and you got a whole bunch of people in in one room. That's why we, you know, we really don't need to be around a whole lot of people because we got a whole lot of people in us, right? <laughs> so I would love to just, you know, let people know that the the someone someone I know, someone's dear to me. I helped them move their stuff into a storage unit and. Um, I came across a manuscript, and they said, oh, my God, give me that. Where did you find this? I said, it's quite right there. And they said, oh, my God, this is my father's book he was working on before he died, you know? And it really got me, you know? Because here you have a half-finished manuscript, and he had a heart attack, and never got to finish it. And so um, if there's something in someone listening, possibly, or um, get it out, because... uh, you know, they say that the most um, expensive place in the world is the graveyard. Um, that's where all 
you know, uh, big dreams and great ideas go to die. And, you know, instead of folks going out getting it like that, they're a little afraid of what people may think of them. So they just take it with them to their grave. So if you got something where you feel inspired and you just want to say something to folks and you make sure you get it out there, make it your life's mission. Not to mention it's pretty cool to be an author and get in the <laughs> Library of Congress. You know, the Library of Congress is a big deal. Everything, every book, every record, every movie, every documentary. So you get into the Library of Congress, um, then you are, you would have uh, a, hell of a, a hell of a group. You know, anybody that's ever created anything in such a magnitude, you're there, you know, and it's an ultimate business card <laughs> for the professional folks out there. So, you know, I'm a humble kid. I grew up, you know, grew up on welfare and everything like that. I just, you know, I just care about folks and you know, hopefully when I leave here, somebody admits me. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned them, um, you know, being a Gemini as, as I am and they, they say jack of all trades. So mm-hmm. aside from writing, do you have other things that keep you busy? Yeah. Yeah. Because um, my writer's block crashes me sometimes. And, you know, I had a writer's block that if I had a cement truck, I probably couldn't have moved it. <laughs> I, had a, I had a writer's block. It lasted me about seven months. You believe that? And mm-hmm. I didn't know what to do. I said, you know what? I'm going to just let it come to me. And so my next work is going to be uh, a little more advanced. And if you read my book, you're going to say, man, how more advanced can he get? This is going to be a little bit, a little bit more advanced. And it's going to be called Circles and Codes. But I, 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 like, if I'm not um, uh, writing I'm probably running my mouth somewhere. Also on my podcast, I'm on anchor.fm, A-N-C-H-O-R.fm. Just look for Pap King, and I'll definitely piss you off there. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I just, I'm normally running my mouth trying to uplift somebody. And uh, that's, my, that's my thing. I'm a servant of humanity, man. My mother used to walk around and hug people she didn't know. You know kid, I used to always be like, lady. Why are you hugging those people? You don't know them. They might smell. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Didn't matter. She would hug the rich person. She would hug the poor person. She would hug the, 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 the working class. She would hug the homeless, right? If, she, if you were crying, she'd come to you. She'd get off the train, come around the side, give you a nap, right? She's this mother of love. So I think I, I moved by that. So I have, I used to drive Lyft for a while, and I had folks that wouldn't get out of my car. Okay, people, you know, it's just the experience, you know. So I'm normally trying to experience life and learn my stuff, you so know. Why, why um, do they want to get out of your car? Because they enjoy talking to you. They just enjoy <laughs> talking to me. They never, they never had, they never heard some of the things I said. Um, I sparked things in them. They were really shocked. They're like, damn, you drive Uber? <laughs> <laughs> And so what really sparked it real quick, I even, but um, remember, it's, it's quantity, not quality. I dig it. But I, I, want, I want some folks to notice. I entered, when I was a kid, I thought I was just going to be a ball player. I'm 6'3". I was pretty good playing ball. Um, I wasn't dedicated enough, though. But my high school, I went to, I had an English teacher. And all, if any teachers are watching, don't ever, you know, take granted the, the, the imprint you can have on a child. So when I was in junior high, I had a social studies teacher tell me that I write like Mark Twain, right? 
And I'm in seventh grade. And I'm like, who the hell is that? <laughs> so she was like, you write like Mark Twain. I said, okay. And then when I went to high school, I was introduced to um, Shakespeare stuff. And the, and the cat that resonated with me, remember mine is inner city kid from Brooklyn, New York, grew up in the hood. Severino de Bergiac. You familiar? No. Not you ever seen that movie with Steve Martin called Roxanne? I'm showing sure my age again. Okay. It was basically, he was, a hideous, he was deformed, right? Okay. And what happens is he loved this woman. And this is around the time when men serenade women from the street. And, you know, they're looking out the window and they would serenade them. Oh, you look so great. And can I borrow $5? You know, stuff like that. <laughs> so, so this guy, right, liked the same girl that Serenade de Bergiac liked. But Serenade de Bergiac knew he was hideous and so-called hideous and he was deformed. And so he figured the girl would never love him. So what he did was he helped the guy serenade the woman. He would stand behind the building. And when the guy needed something to say, he would whisper to him what to say to fall in love with the woman. Right. And it was, it was, it was pretty cool. But the way he spoke, like if you have brown eyes and I really want to be with you, right? I'm going to say, oh, yeah, you have beautiful brown eyes. I'll say, you know, I can sit under your blue skies forever. Right. Mm. So. He just had a way of description, his description and the way he described things, right? It was, it was, it was literally unbelievable. It was, it was unbelievable. And my math teacher entered me into a poetry writing contest, right? And I got a basketball in my hand. I'm looking at her like, are you crazy? I don't write, you know? So she entered me into a poetry writing contest, 5,000 people. And it came back, I came back 388 out of 5,000. Mm-hmm. So that wasn't too bad. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that kind of sparked it. Mm-hmm. That kind of sparked it. That took it. That 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 took it and made it actually something. But I touch. I touch a lot of relationships. I touch. I help a couple of people get back together. So I'm just. I'm just into it. Man. I'm just into that experience. A lot of family, marriage and family, you know. And I think they just. I'm talking about crying in my back seat, and I'm like, Miss, I have to pick someone else up. <laughs> but I mean, there's no better. There, there's no like what you're doing it's beautiful you know you connect with folks and you give a guy like me a chance to run his mouth and you know <laughs> so t- 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 tell, tell me um about your your podcast and so you said it was on anchor.fm anchor.fm a-n-c-h-o-r.fm this is where i kind of let loose right i kind of let loose uh someone considered a little raw right it's a little raw uh, at times, but it's very interesting, you know. And I tackle things once again that, you know, some people would like, you know, why do women call themselves the ambassadors of truth, you know? <laughs> so I'm not, I like to piss women off anyway, they can throw stuff at me, but you know, um, <laughs> so I touch, like I said, I touch family, I touch relationships, why do men cheat, stuff like that. Is it really that easy to be a father? Our father's forgotten, you know, is a, is a house mom taboo now, right? Um, you know, things like that, things like that. What's wrong with children today, you know, you know? And, and, the, and I, the name of your podcast is? Pab King. Pab King. P-A-B-K-I-N-G. P-A-B-K-I-N-G. K-I-N-G. Yeah, and um, I, I, I would love feedback. Anybody leave messages or whatever. If you want to send me some verbal insults or write them down, I'll take those too. <laughs> but, you know, I think people may lose the 
effect of rattling in someone's cage. Oh, it's a beauty in it because, right? It's a, it's, it's a shock, right? It's like if, if there's no agitation in a washing machine, the clothes would never get washed. The water would just be carrying the water around. <laughs> if there was nothing to beat clothes, it, it, it would, right? It would just be come back out wet and dirty, right? <laughs> so yeah. so it, you have to have the paddle. They put it on the rock, but they beat it. Right, and then take it and move it around. So I'm not saying I want you to beat me with a stick, but <laughs> sometimes that gets you. So and 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 it's a it's a it's a great thing. It's a great thing. I, I put a couple episodes. I have about 50 episodes on there, Excellent. and um, you know, that's really what I'm doing with that. And uh, hopefully, I can come back on with you. Um, and um, when I get my other stuff all done and everything like that, I'll just because I don't have a media a social media presence yet, and I saw that you did a little stuff too so mm. i need to kind of get myself out there another thing i want to tell folks too is like when you're writing a book right it's, it's an important thing it's not like you know when i first wrote the book i thought that it was just like once again gemini stuff we can handle anything you know but i thought it was easier than it actually was right so the easiest part was writing it right so there's certain things you have to do and Otherwise, you'll have a beautifully written piece of furniture in your house. <laughs> and people will be what, lifting what did up you all types of lamps and everything. Mm -hmm. What did you find most difficult? I know you mentioned the writer's block, but mm -hmm. what would you I say found, for you? Mm -hmm. what, yeah, what would you say? I think um, the most difficult thing for me, being that I'm so all over the place, was constantly reading it. Like, you need to know that you need to read your book a lot. You know, like, especially when you're self-publishing, you need to really read your book a lot you know it's um it, they have a saying that when you're tired of your own book then you're ready <laughs> so it was tough reading it that much because you know and i can't speak for all gemini's but i have to keep a certain level of freshness to what i do or else i'm gonna think that it's no good i'm gonna get tired of it really fast so me reading it so much it it, it put me in jeopardy like this red light went off <laughs> You know, like, all right, Steve, you live it now. You know what I mean? You read it one more time, you're going to throw the whole thing in the garbage. But let's just hope that most of the, most of the people aren't Gemini's, you know, but those Gemini's out there wouldn't stay. <laughs> so I tried to keep it fresh. So that was the toughest part, reading it over and over and over again, right? Well, I got lucky did, with my illustration. I was going to say, you did have an editor that um, was I able did, to also, yeah. Great. She is great. Sally Kaufman. And she's in Australia. And you know what? I just thought she had an accent. She was in New York. I'm telling you, it was the funniest thing all this time before she doing my work and everything. And she said, give me a call one day if you have any issues. Then she gave me her number. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> that number looks crazy. So I said, where's this number? Oh, I'm in Australia. Yeah, she gave me like a 16-digit number. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> my phone don't work this way. You know what I mean? So she was like, oh, no, I'm in Australia. I said, oh. Okay, I you know, thought the accent was for a reason, you know, <laughs> but she was she was so great, and you have to get an editor that understands you. That's an amazing thing. You have to get an editor that understands your vision, right? Because for them to correct you, like if she would have corrected me on a lot of things, it would have changed everything. And she was so good, she did if she's in the business 20, 30 years, so she would know what to and what to kind of tweak and still maintain what I was trying my thought, right? Yeah. That was amazing because it's very creative the way I write and it has a certain flow to it, right? So 
she she maintained that flow, right? And that's the most important thing. Because if I'm reading it, I don't know who wrote it, then we got we really got a problem, you know. Mm-hmm. So she was great. And this other gentleman, um, he goes by the name of uh White Rabbit. He does illustrations and everything. His name is Chad Thomas. He drew my he came up with my owl and he just drew it in certain ways and I was just shocked. It was like perfect. I got lucky with that. It was like perfect. The first people I went to worked, you know, so I believe and you need an editor. You need an editor. Yeah. Okay. Because I really don't consider myself an author. I'm an author because I have published work, but I'm a thinker, right? And I just really put my put what I'm thinking on paper, right? And I found some sort of pattern that I can put it in where, you know, I put it on some pages and I publish it now. I'm an author, but I really consider myself a thinker. You know, I'm not just sit there all day thinking. You know, looking at trees, looking at nature. You know, and just and just think. The trees stand there all day. I can't stand there, you know? <laughs> no. <laughs> you were listening to the Authors Podcast with Lisa Newton. Please do subscribe to, like, and share this channel. On that note, as a thinker, I want to thank you, Pumpkin, mm-hmm. for uh, sharing your thoughts with us, leading us down a journey. It's been very interesting. And so for the listeners out there, uh, the the name of the book is Pabulum, P-A-B-U-L-U-M. Pab King also has his own podcast, so you can hear more from him. It's hosted on anchor.fm and the title of the podcast is Pab King. So Pab King, any final words? Any final words? Okay, I'm going to steal somebody's words, okay? I'm going to borrow. I'm going to borrow. (laughs) <laughs> uh, the late, the late great Dick Gregory. You familiar, Dick Gregory? Yes, yes, yes. You familiar? Okay. So you're gonna know what I'm saying. So all your listeners out there, be, be a turtle. Be a turtle. What's that mean? You familiar with that when he said that? No, nah, I've not heard him. Not heard of that one. Okay. Okay. Rest his soul, by the way. Be, be a turtle. Be soft on the inside. Be hard on the outside. And always be willing to stick your neck out for somebody. There we go. <laughs> Thank you for that. So, Pop King, it's been a pleasure. Thank, Thank you, you so very much. much. Thanks for having me. And listen, hopefully, hopefully you'll have me again. Yeah, when you uh, release the second book, we'll have you back. And okay, I won't repeat the title because I always think it's 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 it's. I don't know. I always think, well, this is just my philosophy that you should always keep the title to yourself until it's done, just in case someone beats you to it. But, um, <laughs> I, and you know, I would love to see him try because let me tell you something. I got about, hey, listen, there's 10 people in here. I got about 50 titles. So whatever they want to do, you know, I'm ready, I'm ready for them. You know what I mean? I'm ready for them. Let's go. Let's go. Okay. So, so Pub King, thank you very much. And the, the, the book, listeners, is called Pabulum, P-A-B-U-L-U-M. And you can get that from Author House and also from Amazon. So that concludes. Yeah, should leave an email if they want to contact Yeah, me. go on then. Yeah, leave an email. Yeah, P-A-B-W-0-R-L-D-2055 at yahoo.com. Any feedback of, you know, what it is, that whatever you listen to, whatever you read, I would appreciate it. Any questions, 
any speaking engagements, you know, any personal things, you questions you may have or whatever, and you want me to shoot you a uh, view, um, then once again, it, it, would, it would read out Pab World 2055. That's P A B W 0 R L D 2055 at yahoo.com. Thank you so much. Thank you, listeners. And that concludes another episode of The Authors Podcast. See you next time. You have been listening to The Authors Podcast with Lisa Newton, sponsored by Boogles Limited. Tweet the show at Boogles underscore books, spelled B-O-O-G-L-E-Z underscore books. You can also contact your host via the email address lisa at lisanewton.co.uk. And if you want to join our author's community, join the inner circle at www.writerbook.net. You have just been listening to the author's podcast with Lisa Newton. See you next time.